0: The Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by The Boss Ladies, Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls
1: Gone Boss. This episode is brought to you by the Girl Means Business Podcast. The Girl Means Business podcast is a weekly podcast hosted by former teacher turned entrepreneur Kendra Swalls. Each week, she and her guests share business and marketing tips along with honest conversations around what it means to be a boss babe balancing a business while raising a family. Some of my very favorite episodes include episode 34, Finding Your Business BFF, episode 14, which is SEO Tips and Tricks, and episode 45, How I Use Instagram to Grow My Business. New episodes go live every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you get notified when new episodes go live. And check out the Girl Means Business Facebook group for bonus material and more in-depth conversations. Sydney Sadik is an honor fashion, a lifestyle, and entertainment expert. She has interviewed some of the world's most coveted celebrities, designers, politicians, and stylists, from Kim K. to Oscar de la Renta to Rihanna. In addition, Sydney has covered New York Fashion Week, the Met Ball, and numerous other celebrity and fashion events. Sydney is a regular contributor to some of your favorite TV shows like E! News, Inside Edition, The Today Show, Hoda & Jenna, and GMA. Sydney's ability to generate buzz and make fashion accessible to the masses is enhanced by her very vibrant, fearless personality and loyal following. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Bossed. It's Alex... And it's Gabby.
0: Welcome, everyone. So, um, Alex, how's the baby? First of all, I want to just get a quick update on the baby because she is growing okay. so fast. OK, so I don't know if this is normal
1: or not, but my my she's six months old now. She has eight teeth. It's like, what? yeah, I don't know. It's like she I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Um, She, she likes to bite. Um, she. I have to be careful with my toes on my fingers because if she grabs them, it really, really hurts. But she's she's doing really good, um, mm-hmm. developing really, really well. She's crawling like crazy, and she's trying to walk already. Like she what? gets up and she actually lets go of things and she doesn't fall, which is insane to me at this age for her to like already try to be so independent and do things that my other. Friends' kids aren't doing yet, so it kind of worries me because I'm like, man, I'm in trouble. yeah <laughs> I'm in a lot of trouble with her, but well, she's a
0: Capricorn, right?
1: I, I'm gonna say yes,
0: yes, she Generation is, yes, right, yes, yeah. They are workaholics, so she's already ready to go, girl. Well, so you I'm- know, she's she's her mother's daughter, so exactly. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. We love I her. And I keep seeing her growing. I wish I could see her, but soon I enough, I know. Yeah. yeah. Today, I'm so excited because we have somebody that is coming from us from the Hamptons. Uh So fab. (laughs) I've always dreamed to go to the Hamptons. I don't know about you, Alex, but the Hamptons has has always been like on my bucket list. So welcome, Sydney.
2: Thank you. I know, from the Hamptons, the quarantined Hamptons.
1: (laughs) How is life over there right now? Compared to the city, like like quarantine,
2: because you started quarantining in the city at first. I didn't. I came right out from March I remember I had just like gotten off a plane from LA maybe the week before for going on E Daily Pop and my mom was I had a big event in New York City and she goes, You're not going. And I'm like, What do you mean I'm not going? She goes, I'm telling you, you're not going to this event. Something really bad's about to happen with this virus. And I was like Okay. And I guess I'm not going. So my dress, everything was all picked out, never ended up going. And March 9th, we came out to the Hamptons and haven't been back since. And, you know, it definitely looks more like a normal summer out here right now, because it's so crowded and people are all escaping. But it's still obviously not the same. And we're all taking it super seriously in my family. So
1: I'm kind of glad that you listen to your mom. Like, there's nothing like listening to
2: like your mom's gut feeling, right? You know, something I believe that age doesn't reflect a lot of things, but it does represent being on the earth for a long time and seeing a lot. And she has. And I've got to listen to her. So You know, something funny. Um, so
1: my baby was born in January and, you know, the whole virus quarantining thing didn't start till, like, March, end of February. Right. And in December, my dad called me and he's like, some shit's going to go down. <clears throat> Sorry, with this virus. Like, something's going to happen. I, I've talked about it on the podcast. and he had me already prepared just in case. And I was like, he sounds crazy. It's not on the news yet, but I'm going to listen to my
2: parents just in case. And I'm so glad I did. Wait, same with my mom back in December. Was he watching that cruise ship that was like where yes. we were in age? And that's when the people started yeah. getting sick. Yeah. So it's, parents have a good instinct. They do. They do. I'm and not I mom. called
1: Gabby right away and I was like, you need to prepare too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I'm here. (laughs) All right. So Sydney, you grew up in New York. Both your parents are in the skin industry. How did you end up in entertainment?
2: How does that happen? You know what? I am the one case I feel like of people I know who just never fell in the footsteps of their family. I think obviously skincare and beauty is such a huge part of fashion. But growing up in New York City, I feel like people always, you know, think I grew up. Outside in the Hamptons or the suburbs, I grew up literally in the heart of the fashion industry, I had a grandmother who was just so passionate about getting dressed and feeling good about yourself. And I think just being exposed to my environment, also having this huge force right in my family, being an inspiration, it just always put fashion on the map. And I simply just always loved getting dressed. Um, You know, I went to a school where I had to wear a uniform, but the weekends were like my playground, not because I got to go out with my friends, but because I got to choose what I wanted to wear each day. And I think there's something to be said about making your passion your career if you can do that. And that was always what I wanted to do never to go into a career that I felt like I was being pushed by or pushed on, but one that I felt that I could achieve and challenge myself on my own.
1: So that that's good, because that means that your parents allowed you to be yourself and didn't push you in a certain direction. So you have very amazing parents.
2: They're amazing. My mom is truly my career inspiration. She started out actually in fashion. She was in buying in her twenties at Macy's and Lord and Taylor, but not you know the category of fashion that I obviously went into, which is more about merging and blending journalism in with it. Um, but yeah, now I have awesome parents. So,
1: so you went to um, you spent a summer at Harvard, right, in your junior year of high school.
2: I did. And how did that turn into your actual career? So. The reason why I went to Harvard to begin with was because I had never been to sleepaway camp and my family felt that I was never going to get into a college outside of New York if I didn't show that I could have some sort of an overnight experience. Like everyone went to camp or teen tours or something. I had never been away from home. So once I got into the program, I had to select my courses. And I was looking at all these. They were very, you know, business oriented. There was lots of math and science and just wasn't for me. But what was for me was when I saw classes about journalism and writing and learning about blogging in the digital age. And I was like, this sounds good. And so I enrolled in these two classes and the first assignment for one of the courses was to start your own blog. And obviously I took it super seriously. I remember going to the library, um, researching what even a blog was because this was so early on. And the blog ended up becoming called Style Solutions, and it would just be a traditional fashion blog where I was posting my outfits, but it was starting to be very heavily read by this Harvard community of students. And once I got back to New York, I was like, I'm not giving this up. I love doing this. I love having something that I can do every single day of the week that pushes me, that motivates me, and that I get to show how I dress. But how can I make it different? And that's where the idea of interviewing people came in. And I ended up seeing there was this ad in the New York Post for a Rihanna book signing, which is ironic enough, given what I'm doing in my career right now. And I have the book here. And instead of asking her to just write her name, I was like, can you just please write down your favorite fashion accessory? And she wrote the quote in the book. We took a picture. I posted it and the article literally went viral. I think we had like 20,000 unique views within like two hours. It was insane. Um, So yeah, going to that program definitely put journalism on my mind. It challenged me to really create something of my own. And I credit that whole program for really getting me on the right track.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So that one encounter with Rihanna is kind of what just kind of catapulted your career, right? In that direction. Completely. that's, That's great because you took that opportunity and you really milked it, which is a valuable
2: lesson, right? A hundred percent. I just remember like I was it was a school day. I had my uniform on still. I said, I cannot go there in this uniform. My Spanish teacher let me out, you know, like an hour early. I left. I changed. I went and waited on this line. I think I was like one of the last, last people on that line just waiting for hours and hours. But I really believe that when you want something, you wait. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And it was meant to be that day that I had to meet her.
1: (laughs) Have you have you actually gotten the chance to interview her again?
2: I haven't. It's interesting. I've been at her like Fenty Rihanna launches in New York where I was covering them, but I never got to actually interview her. But I would love to be able to tell her one day that that happened. Next time I do see her, like I've seen her in person so many times. I really should. But sometimes you're in the motions and like, you know, you forget. But you're right. I need to remember.
1: (laughs) But what a fun story that like comes full circle, right? Once you do actually get to interview her again.
2: It's crazy. It is crazy.
0: So, Sydney, a lot of our listeners are, um, you know, into entertainment. They are communication, journalism majors. Talk to us about how valuable all of your numerous internships were and how important those internships are and how people should really take advantage of those moments when you do take a chance like that. Super important. Yeah,
2: especially now with this pandemic. And I think still today, you know, companies are still offering virtual internships. I've been mentoring a student um, from my alma mater, GW, George Washington University in D.C., and she's a rising senior. And I have been coaching her each and every week. She just got an amazing fashion internship actually on the spot um, after I coached her. And so, yeah, internships are totally Critical. They definitely spearheaded what I'm doing. I my first internship was at the Daily Front Row, which is the long-running Bible of New York Fashion Week. I remember writing to the head of the magazine saying I wanted a column. And he took a meeting with me. He was like, I adore you. He's like, but you're 16. Like, you know, you weren't even really supposed to do internships. I mean, at that point the laws weren't in place, so it was okay. But he was like, Well, I can give you an internship. And because of that one internship, I was covering New York Fashion Week. I was on all these red carpets for the Met Ball and the CFDA awards. I freelanced for them throughout college. And then I got a job as a full-time editor. They offered that to me in my senior year. I started literally three days after I graduated. And they always had me writing for them throughout my senior year full-time. They wanted like, me to do as much as I could remotely. And then once I graduated, come on full circle. So that was how I got my first job. Um, But I also had interned at Rachel Zoe in L.A. I was at Oprah Magazine in the marketing department. So internships have really allowed me not only to learn what I did want out of my career. But most importantly, they allowed me to figure out what I didn't want. And I think that's like some of my biggest career advice for girls who, you know, write to me all the time. I'm like, your school years are as much of your time to figure out what doesn't work for you as it does what does work for you. So how much
1: preparation actually goes into making for a really good interview? Because, I mean, we we also prepare for our interviews. And I know that the best thing to do for us, I like to do a lot of research. If there's a book, I read the book. If there's podcasts, I listen to the podcasts um, as much as time as I can put into it. But for you, that you're actually um, interviewing on the red carpet, how, how 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 is that process for you?
2: Yeah, I think that's such a great question. And um yeah, you clearly have done your research. Like, I think when someone is being interviewed, they know if the person who they're talking to has done research, think that's very important just in general. Um, I would say at the beginning, it was, you know, a lot more heavy. I feel like as you're in this business, you're interviewing more of the same people. There's not as many newcomers, you know, all the time. So it becomes your life, right? So the more that you're surrounded by these people, you just know about them and it becomes more something that, you know, is really a progress. So I think at this point today, it, it I can't give a specific amount of time. I just feel like I know the people more now. So I'm not as, you know, digging into Google and trying to mm-hmm. find all the details and more just it comes and I know, but it depends. I, I would say like a half an hour of reading is always like a good amount to make sure you're prepared.
1: Okay. And then what how, What happens, like, what do you do if for some reason there's, like, not really, like, a connection between you and the person that you're interviewing? How do you turn that around?
2: You know, I just try to be really authentic when I talk to somebody. I try to bring up their interests, but I know I try to bring up something that, you know, you obviously see it in magazines or online that is relevant to their interests or what's going on in their life. And I think just smiling and being nice and You know these celebrities; they're just like us. They can have a bad day, so just sort of being, um, you know, rolling the punches and just being kind, I think, always works.
1: Yeah, it 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 does. Have you ever had like any like um, nasty interviews where like just but they weren't cooperating, and then you just have to like move forward, and you're like, man, what a shame. This person that I looked up to was kind of like a jerk.
2: The only person who I could say that, who I felt was a bit jerky, and it wasn't to me personally, I saw how he was interacting with other journalists was Tom Ford. It was at this Wall Street Journal event. He was being honored. And I, I don't believe he's someone who likes the red carpet process of being interviewed and not knowing what people are going to ask. And I felt like he was very like defensive and kind of rude about what he was being asked. but of the day if you're public and you're on the red right carpet you know what these journalists jobs are so yeah. to catch-22 yeah. if you're not interested in speaking just don't go down the carpet right. Um, right. but I was a little surprised by his attitude to say the least
1: oh that's a shame maybe he was just having a bad day let's maybe. let's blame it on that <laughs> exactly yeah. i don't judge right let's not um have you actually because you're you're young I was so surprised to know you're 26 right 26. That, yeah. Okay, that blows my mind. I, I'm almost 40, and I'm like, You don't. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's uh, I owe it to oily skin. I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> no, glowing skin.
1: <laughs> yeah, glow my glowing skin. Um, have you faced any negativity or rejection when? people find out how old you are and then you're not taken seriously because I know that a lot of our listeners, they're young and they're fearful and they think, well, who's going to take me seriously because I'm only 20, 21. And we hear that a lot, right? And then we always tell our listeners when they write in is you you just, you have to own it, right? You just have to own it and it doesn't matter how old you are. So can you speak to that and give us your
2: experience? Completely. I think that's just such sort of like an old school insecurity for people to have. If you look at who is really successful in the world, it's not just people who are over 40. I mean, Kylie Jenner became a billionaire at a very, very obviously young age in her early 20s. So I think that's just something that, you know, my generation needs to really take out of their head. It's not about age. It's about who you are, experience. I'm, for example, a very old soul. You know, I don't think people look at me and think, how old is she? Um, Obviously, now it's more of a talking point because of the book and that sort of thing. But when I'm on TV, I don't think that they're thinking that. So I think that people, you know, who are just trying to build their career should be confident in who they are. If you have experience, you have experience. If you have perspective, you have a perspective. And those things are more valuable to people than their age and i just don't think it's something that others are as concerned about as you are yourself and again it's an insecurity that just needs to be totally wiped away yeah ladies listen to her (laughs) i think think that's something that in dating it comes up more where you know girls more likely tend to be i think judged based on their age and if some a guy's older they go is she mature enough so i think that's where it comes more into play but not career as much anymore
0: Awesome. Okay. Can you hear me, guys? I'm back. Yeah. (laughs) Yay, you're back. (laughs) Uh, You know, guys, we have trouble here sometimes, so I get kicked out and then I'm back in. But, Sydney, I wanted to ask you, I think what you just said was super valuable. I just jumped in the conversation. And me, as when I go and hire, you know, whether it be interns or coordinators or I always look for someone that is younger, that has great ideas, that is creative, and I think um, you guys are so valuable in the workforce. And whoever doesn't think that, and whoever sees that as a, you know, detriment or like a s you know, something that they don't value, I don't think is a good leader. You know.
2: It's- And I don't think that's the thing. I don't think companies are looking at it as much of a detriment anymore. I think they want to be current and onto what's next. I mean, that's obviously like with TikTok, right? Like that's become this huge booming business and that's all focused on, you know, Gen Z. So I think the companies and, you know, brands, they know they need the younger generation to keep them relevant.
0: Exactly. So keep doing what you're doing and anybody that's listening, be yourself. That was, that's, what's going to keep you in your own lane. That's going to keep you, you know, unique and it's going to bring something valuable to, to someone or to a brand, you know, if you're, if you're doing stuff by yourself, um, back to, you know, you as a journalist and just because I also want to like take in some gems from you since we interview all the time, how do you get all your questions in such a short time? And do you actively listen? Like, do you just like, cause the way that I do, my interviews and the way that I see it is like I want to just have a conversation you know I'm very inquisitive as a person so you know I listen I take in sometimes questions don't even really like the next one that I might have had on the list it doesn't really pertain at that time because we go into a whole different lane so how do you do that like it's an art form and I just want to see if there's like a little strategy you have or is it just like a personality
2: thing I think it's just about rolling with the punches and that's true. Like you can do as much planning as you want, but at the end of the day, it might not even help you because like you said, people it's natural. It's not a script. This isn't acting. It's real life. So I think it's just about, like you said, listening. That's the most important quality, I think, of anybody ever is listening. It's the biggest downfall to not listen. And just knowing, listen, if you're working for someone where they're expecting a certain topic being brought up, make sure you get that across. Don't let the person leave, but let the conversation flow because that's how someone trusts you. And that's when they feel comfortable with you. You know, don't just read off your sheet. So I think it's a level of rolling with the punches, you know. For me, like I said, time and practice makes perfect. I've just become so comfortable with interviewing as a craft that, you know, I somehow am able to sort of do everything that I need to do in the short period of time. But I think it's just not putting a ton of pressure on yourself and just really – you know, like I said, getting done what you need to get done, but not being afraid of the impromptu and organicness brewing, because that's what makes for a special interview. It's not.
0: Yeah, that's what makes for the magic. I I agree with that. And don't you feel like I feel like I see it in you and your energy. You have really good energy, by the way, even though I am not in person with you. But right, Alex? Doesn't oh, she yeah. have a sweet um, um, Britney Burger energy? Oh, yes. yes. Are you into manifestation and stuff? Me into
2: manifestation, you know, it, it's not something that like I'm super, um, you know, follower. But you know, I believe in things that everything happens for a reason. Does that count?
0: Yes, it does. No, but I was gonna tell you, your energy is that I feel like you probably come alive when you're interviewing, right? You like, know? You
2: like, yeah, Well, It's true. Like I, lo- like me. I'm better at asking the questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? It's like now you're on the other side. But why don't we go right into it? I see the book right behind you.
2: Yes. It a- looks
0: amazing. Love it. The cover
2: awesome. gay since I heard yeah. him playing tennis the other day. I know. It's like, that's my whole little...
1: It's giving, me, it's giving me Carrie Bradshaw vibes, just so you know.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You can take the girl out of New York, but you can't take New York out of the girl.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so if you had to pick, would you be Carrie or would you be like somebody else?
2: Unfortunately or unfortunately, I think I already am Carrie between you all the journalists. journalists and yeah. all the journalists, the dating nightmares. Uh, yeah,
0: no. She's my I, girl. I always think I'm like a little mix of Samantha and Carrie
2: because I'm definitely not Charlotte. Or Miranda. <laughs> I feel like no one wants to be Charlotte or Miranda. I don't know why. It's either Samantha or Carrie. Except I'm telling you, I really felt like I was going to be Miranda the other day because I, I really hurt my shoulder playing tennis. That's what's crazy about this pandemic. Everyone's doing more outdoorsy things, and it's leading to more outdoor problems. And I just remember that episode of Sex in the City where Miranda hurt her neck, and she's like in her bath and can't move. And I think it was like Aiden had to come and lift her out. And I was like, is that going to be me? <laughs> Oh my god. Yes. But you are the new
0: age of sex in the city. You're like that new wave of yeah of girls that have been inspired by like the carries of the world, by you know, by us. And we're now inspired by you guys because me and Alex are a bit older than you, but you guys are killing it. We were just saying, like, wow, she's just twenty six years old, already with a book, living her best life. We really truly truly honor you in this interview because you know we inspire all the girls listening that are you know thinking like oh my god i'm too old and they're like 21 or 22 like no and even if you are in your 40s listening it's never too late
1: all right we're gonna take a really quick break and when we come back i want to dive deep into your book aim high we'll be right back
0: I don't know about you, Alex, but sometimes working from home leaves me drained, tired. End of the day, all I want to just sit, relax, and pour myself a glass of wine. I totally agree with you.
1: I just, everyone knows I just had a baby. So I'm definitely working all day and then chasing after a six-month-old who's actually just starting to crawl. So there's nothing that I look forward to more than having a nice, refreshing glass of wine at the end of the day just so that I can unwind.
0: Well, shout out to our sponsors, Usual Wines, for sponsoring this toast. So what are you drinking? I'm actually having the rosé today. Oh, me too. I oh, love yeah. it. It's, it's my so favorite. Good. So delicious. And what I love most is the bottle. The bottle is so chic, so beautiful. And it's especially just... For that one person that just wants to have one drink and doesn't want to commit to the full bottle. So I love that it's like a kind of like a to-go little bottle that you just put in your purse. Maybe not while you're driving, but but if you're going to like a special occasion or something and you don't want to overdrink, it's perfect size.
1: Absolutely. And you know what I love the most is that it's low carb, zero sugar. Because I mean, I just had a baby, so I am watching what I drink. And eat. So this is actually perfect for somebody like me. Um, All of their wines are delicious. You guys have to try them. They have given us a special code just for you guys. All of our listeners. It's Girls Gone Boss. You can go to usualwines.com, plug that in for your first glass on us and $8 off of your
0: first order. Enjoy. But let's go. Let's let's go to the book because I really love it's called Aim High and it's coming out September 15th, right?
2: So soon. Yes.
0: That's tell
1: a, us, you're having a Virgo it. baby that's your Virgo baby
2: So the book is my baby the ring light's my corona boyfriend I've got <laughs> it all yeah. that's hilarious so tell us about
0: it. it's a memoir um, tell us a little bit more about it
2: you know it's really such a how to motivational book of lessons that I think really not only will inspire women but men as well And as much as it is about fashion, it's really about confidence building and really showing how the way that you style yourself and your life can truly help you achieve your goals. Fashion has always been at the forefront of my success. My outfits are always the first thing that someone talks about when I'm in an interview with somebody. Uh, You know, my outfit that I wore covering the Met Ball for my first segment for E was what essentially got me in the door and had them looking at me further than that one off segment. I really believe that fashion is not just about materialism and money. It really is a mindset. It can really affect your mood and help you achieve what you want. And that's really what this book is about. It breaks down and spells out some of the most common fashion questions. They each start with anecdotes of mine and stories. I, I say I've never been more raw and, you know, vulnerable in bringing in my real life moments and experiences to this book. Um But, you know, I'm really excited for people to read it because I do think that there is a lesson that someone will take away in each and every chapter.
0: I believe so. And I love that it's it's broken down into different obviously chapters. Um, there's some stuff on like do's and don'ts, there's stuff on like purging your closet. I don't want to give it all away obviously, but there's a lot of good stuff in the book. So I can't wait to personally read it. Thank so, you. I do agree yeah. that if you feel good, you do good, you you know, you give your you have your best foot forward. Um, it's it's kind of like the same I don't like the same but it's kind of like fake it till you make it but not really in a sense because I like to think yes you look good but you know you feel good like I think when you are dressed the, the way that you want to be portrayed or the way that you think like it's going to make you feel the best it's only going to make you shine a little brighter right and have a little bit more confidence so I believe that
1: 100%. So the title of your book aim high Where did that originate? And then how, how, what does it mean to you to aim high?
2: You know, I always used to hear like Michelle Obama saying, when they go low, we go high. And like, there was something about that that always had like a nice ring to it. And, you know, again, I wanted the title of this book to not just be like, fashion, fashion, fashion. I wanted the confidence element to come out because that's what really this is, right? It's more of like, you know, my little Aim High mini movement that I'm trying to do. So that was super important. It was finding a title that um, really combined confidence and Uh, fashion. But to me, Aim High is really about striving to do what you want each and every day, reaching for the stars, reaching for your goals. It's not about necessarily checking off those goals, but the effort that you're putting into it every day and waking up each day ready to go, inspired, putting your best self out there, being kind, you know, dressing the way that makes you feel good about yourself. It's doing everything that you possibly can we'll use the word manifest as you use to really become the best version of yourself. And that's different for everybody, but the ability to, like I said, reach for the stars and literally aiming high is something that everybody can, you know, incorporate into their daily lives.
1: Yeah. And that means something different for everybody.
2: Totally.
0: I mean, we can talk about like how to dress for a zoom call. And yeah, trust me, I love me. that
2: could not go into press unless I added something about this. Cause usually with books, you know, you're really not supposed to go back and edit because obviously times change so much and you don't, you can't chase time. But I was like, this moment is not a moment. This is going to be how we live for a very long time. And Zooms will be a part of how we operate, for, I, I think, truly forever, unfortunately. So um, it was super important to be able to bring that relevance today.
0: I love that because, honestly, I think I need some help in that section. because It's like a new new lane for me. Sometimes I don't even turn on the camera. Okay, Cindy? I'm like, <laughs> I'm
2: like I For me... I really think that if I didn't get dressed for these calls or you know I, I other things that I do it, there wouldn't be something to wake me up like I get excited seeing the outfit that I'm going to wear the night before and just being able to have someone like see you know the clothes and the effort and everything like that that's what gets me going but it's different for everybody and I understand that
0: I love it yeah time Sydney yeah I'm going to
2: how how actually has your work
1: changed now though that we're living in the pandemic? Because it, before you were used to jumping on planes, being on different sets every single day, being on runway shows, and now all of a sudden you've been quarantining for the past four or five months. How has your how has your work shifted, and how are you still able to um, uh, do what you love? Which one of the things is your lunchtime with Sydney? that I know that you brought on,
2: which is amazing. But talk to us about that shift. Yeah, I mean, this has been the hardest few months of my life. It's actually been some of the best few months professionally. But like you said, I was literally on planes every single week. I had a very, you know, nomadic lifestyle. I was with tons of different people. I was out at parties every night and not partying, but like covering and networking And so this contrast of my life today is so immensely different. And I know everyone feels that way that it's, you know, different, but I think for me, especially the pace I was at, was just at this crazy level. And then it just went like this. Um, I am very fortunate that, a lot of the shows are, you know, syn- or Skyping me in remotely from my home, and I turned in a lot of this home into an at-home studio, and I'm here with my mom and brother who literally are like my production assistants and help me with everything, and I'm very lucky we're able to create such great content from here. But, you know, like I said, because the pace that I was at was just so intense, I knew that just doing my segments would not be enough to keep me excited. And I knew, obviously, I had the book, but the book was done by the time we got here for quarantine. Um, I am a contributing editor at Hamptons Magazine, but I really wanted something that made me excited every day. And I was like, well, what's missing? And I realized that some of the most, obviously, social parts of your day are over food, dinner at night breakfast in the morning, you're picking your coffee up, going into office. And then of course, lunch, like those 30 minutes during the middle of your day, that was always important for me to break away from my work and go meet a friend or go meet someone for a networking meeting. Like I take those, you know, meals as real opportunities to bridge connections with people. So I was really worried about that. I started noticing, oh my God, lunch is getting really boring out here. And so that's where the idea of Lunchtime with Sydney came about, a daily Instagram live show to make people feel less alone during their 30-minute lunch breaks, which is obviously interesting because 1230 p.m. Eastern is the morning for California. It's later for Europe, but it's lunch for me. Um, And, you know, everyone makes do. But, you know, I'm nearing my 100th episode on August 18th. It marks my 100th episode. And every week features, you know, a huge new roster of celebrities and designers, personalities, celebrity chefs, you know, workout aficionados. And I do everything from the booking to the graphic designing to the prep, like literally everything. It's a one woman show. And I have to say, like, if it wasn't for quarantine, I would have been so comfortable just going on these TV shows and not having something of my own like this. And I feel so grateful that actually this did happen for this reason alone, because it's brought me so much closer to doing what I've ultimately always wanted to do. And it's become its own, you know, show and brand. and I get pitched and it's just like a whole new project that I keep saying, like, I'm never stopping this, like, unless something really, you know, massive happens. Um, but I plan on continuing this.
1: Fun fact. So your um, lunchtime episode with Tanya S- Sucker? That yes, from the F Factor, turned me on to Gigi Crackers. So thank you.
2: <laughs> I love it. Tell yeah. Tanya. Tanya's a friend. She's awesome. And um, yeah, no, those Gigi Crackers, like, they, they don't work well for me on my stomach, but lots of people love them. Oh, yeah,
0: so. I love them. I get them at Whole Foods. They're great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Cindy, what's your biggest professional lesson you have learned so far?
2: I think it's just always to be kind. You know, unfortunately or fortunately, because I think this does make you have a thick skin, you're going to come across a lot of people, not just in the fashion entertainment industries, but just in general, who are not very nice. That's unfortunately just the way that life works. And I've learned, though, that that is Not the way to be. Um, I I just—that's not how I was raised. I was raised to be there, to be thoughtful, to help people. And I just think that that's something that everyone, especially who's you know rising up in their career, no matter how big you get, no matter how much comes your way, no matter how many celebrities know who you are, being a kind, authentic person that never goes out of style ever.
0: I agree. I
2: agree. That's that's simple. simple. It sounds so simple, and like you know, I could give some really complex answer but i do believe that being a good person and being a person who you're proud of at the end of the day makes you more liked and respected by others and no one wants to be around someone no matter how good they are if they're not putting good energy out there i really believe that karma's a bitch i'm telling you
1: oh yeah (laughs) so who's your favorite person that you've interviewed so far on the show yeah Um, or in general in general like your favorite interview ever
2: I don't have one. I think a really memorable experience was interviewing Tom Brady. I was still working at my Daily Front Row job. I was in LA on vacation. An editor saw on Instagram that I happened to be in LA. They're like, "You're in LA?" I was like, "Yeah." And they go, "You know, Tom Brady? He's shooting our um, first our new campaign for UGG. What if we, you know, send you a car? You'll come up to the Hollywood Hills and you're, you'll spend a day with him. You'll get to interview him. You'll get to observe him." At first, I was like, "He is so hot, so good looking." Okay. Um, but after spending a day with him, I'm like, not only is he extremely sexy, but he's sweet and he's smart and he's charismatic. And that was just a great experience of really spending time with somebody on that level. Um, Oscar de la Renta was a huge one. I had interviewed him like a few months before he passed away, um, which was great. And now on my show, I look here because this is where I keep like my calendar of all my guests. Um, I just have loved, Everyone's been so fun. I think some of the real highlights, Candace Cameron Bure from Full House and Fuller House. I love her. We met (laughs) in security at the airport at LAF. She had this amazing Dior handbag on. I had these like crazy shoes on. We were like just talking to each other and we kind of hit it off. Um, She was awesome. Tanya's amazing. I loved having the chef Rocco Despirito. He was like impersonating his mom and put a napkin over his head and was like doing this whole thing. The artist Ashley Longshore brought me into her studio, into her home. Michael Costello was the first designer to make masks um, on a large scale. He brought me into his factory. It was the first time he'd done that. So I think these interviews, the ones that are so special, are the ones where we're breaking boundaries and you know bringing light to new topics and moments. And that's what's so fun also about these lives is because they're not like in a TV studio, you're getting a taste of someone's world. And seeing these backdrops are just as, you know, um, informative is the words that we use because, you know, it's like fashion too. What you see is representative of so much of what you get.
1: No. And it's nice to see them like in their own element too. Right. Like, cause they are interviewing from their own homes and stuff during their own time. So that has to and be I'm so different. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so then who's your dream interview? Such a good question. You can only pick one though.
2: You have okay. to choose. <laughs> this is the thing. I interviewed this person over email and I wanted to do it in person and this is not the answer you're expecting. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have a severe (laughs) obsession with Miss Piggy, the Muppet. Really? (laughs) Yeah. um, I was just looking on my bed. You can't see it on the podcast. I'm not going to go get it to you. That's my cousin who's my best friend. Got me a Miss Piggy stuffed animal as my aim high gift. I think there is nothing more special than someone who brings out nostalgia positivity, humor, and can really make both children and adults happy. Yeah. I looked up to this Muppet when I was a kid. I just want to meet her. I I, I just, I can't explain it to you. She is my person. She is my spirit animal. I do not eat bacon because of her, only turkey bacon. She is my pig in my blanket right now. I'm obsessed. So, I I, know, <laughs> no, I was
1: not expecting it, but it's the best answer I think that I could have heard. That's amazing. I love that.
2: <laughs> it's the truth. I hate to say it's the truth. I love her. And Kermit can come
1: too. That's so cute. I love that. Great answer. So, <laughs> that's an answer. Yeah. So, Miss Piggy's all about fashion too, right? So, how do you see fashion changing post pandemic?
2: I think it's just going to be a lot less trend-driven and more about what makes everyone feel good about themselves. I think people are doing what they want. It's not about what is the new hot bag, what is the new hot shoe. I think it's not going to be as, like, exclusive as a club of how you fit in based on what's cool and trending. I think it's about what everyone's comfortable in, what makes them happy – Um, Obviously, the brands, so many of them are suffering tremendously, and they're not able to come out with a full collection and follow by the traditional fashion calendar. But I think this is exactly what actually the fashion industry needed to stop, like, you know, just being about what everyone should be doing and focusing more on what works for you. And that's what I've always done with fashion. But I know a lot of I think women feel pressured, you know, to follow these trends. But I don't think that's what fashion should be about. And I think because of this moment in time, it'll be less. Of that,
1: right? And okay, so now I have a question for the both of you, actually. Because, wait, Sydney, you're single, right? You're in oh, the dating I'm world.
2: Super single. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> so is Gabby? So have you guys gone on any virtual dates? I'm like a married old lady now, so I don't know about like the uh, of, like online dating or anything. Have either of you guys gone on virtual dates yet?
0: Um. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, I have. Actively met people, but I I am still very cautious about like meeting people because I'm like, damn, you know, am I supposed to tell them like, please keep six feet away, wear your mask the whole time? Like, I don't know where they've been. It like you know, the days of just meeting people and like just hanging out with them are kind of over unless you really want to put yourself out there for this virus. But I don't, so. But, a what cautious, about a Zoom, so but what about a Zoom
1: date? Have you I had one?
0: Have, I, have done, I have said, oh, we should FaceTime for a date. But it hasn't happened. Okay. How about you, someday?
2: I have had quite like, the active few months of virtual dates. I go in and out with the apps. I feel like I'm a little more guarded now about being on those apps. So, But there was somebody who I had matched with. I feel like in April, we have been communicating since we FaceTime a little bit. It was so funny. He randomly FaceTimed me last week with his brother and I had my mom and brother and we all kind of just met on FaceTime. And he was like, did I screw that up? I was like, don't worry. Like, this is, this is a new normal (laughs) Lower because of this, which I think is nice too. I feel like I had a bad habit of rushing into things pre pandemic or just like, you know, rolling with emotions and not focusing as much on the person. Um, I've taken one socially distant walk with someone. I did not like him. I still think that meeting in person does clarify things a lot more, not visually, but you just understand, like, do you have a connection? What are the social cues? Like, do they look at you in the eye? Um, but yeah. And then like tons of people from my past, like every day, it's like a new or old name in the encyclopedia of Sydney's dating world. <laughs> oh, back to life. But I don't know. I, I feel weird about dating also. Um, yeah. Very, very vulnerable to even just meet someone for a coffee at this point. Like I, and I live with my mom and my brother.
0: I, do. I live with my mom. So I don't want to come and like jeopardize her health. No. It's about me, you know, it's more about my mom.
2: But the okay. worst I think though is when, When guys say, you know, they'll be like, but, you know, you're young. If you get it, whatever. My personal belief is I look at getting the virus as like you being a victim in a war. And I don't want to be a victim in the war. If I can stop myself from getting it, I'm going to stop. And if that – I keep thinking if I can't, like, kiss somebody for a year and a half, it makes me very anxious. But (laughs) – I don't know (laughs) i'm just shopping instead i'm just doing a lot of online shopping (laughs) a lot
0: of uh, like binge shopping trust me i'm like oh that looks cute boom guys i haven't (laughs) bought
1: one thing not one thing since quarantine not one well okay well i just had a baby so i'm also like i'm not gonna buy one thing i promised myself until i get back to my pre-baby weight i don't want to so i'm like i'm not gonna do it until then that's when i'm gonna reward myself but so My question, though, about virtual dates is do you have any tips for any of the girls out there that want to have a Corona chic virtual date outfit like sweats Mm -hmm. is cute or is that too casual for a first virtual date? I think if
2: you wore like sweats with a more dressed up like crop top or something, at the end of the day, we all know that you're only being seen from the top portion of your body. But what if you do stand up? What if you have to go to the bathroom? What if you're on the call for like an hour and a half and it's going really well and you've got to go? Like make sure that you're wearing something on the bottom that you're okay with. I think wearing a flirty top, not too much, not too booby, but showing a little chest. Like when I say chest, I literally mean your chest, not like your boobs, your shoulders. I just think showing a little bit of skin and, you know, not wearing something that's too oversized. So like they can somewhat like get some sort of an idea of what you would be like in person, I think is key. I think wearing color. You know, black is obviously everyone's first go to, but I think you want to kind of shine bright on here. Um, And, you know, with the hair and makeup, keep things natural. This is a relaxed time. I think this is a time for people to get to know the real you. And, you know, I think a lot of people are vain and hopefully this will make people be less about looks and a little bit more about who you are inside. But again, the clothing that you wear, it's a representation of who you are. And if you're someone who's bright and cheery, wear something a little bright, like wear what you feel is representative of your personality.
0: Wear a little accessory. I love your earrings, by the a way. Hoop. Yeah, a Nice hoop. I just got these. Oh, they're, so <laughs> gorgeous. they're like
2: pearly. Is that pearls? Yeah, they're like embellished and pearl. They're from called Gaia. I don't know. If they have a little sale so going fun. on. Online. How do you spell that? So I can go and binge a shop. Call, Cult, C-U-L-T, Gaia, G-A-I-A. They are the brand behind those like really um, cool looking sh- like straw sort of bags, the wickered bags and the weird, oh. weird the interesting shapes. <laughs> yeah.
1: What is actually that, your your favorite affordable shopping website right now?
2: I find so much off Amazon. I'm a huge fan of biker shorts. I love easy t-shirts. I buy all of them off Amazon. Um, I am really into this new website called The Verge. I think it's Australian. That's where the outfit is I'm wearing. It's from today. Everything's around like $20. I mean, I don't spend a lot of money on my clothing. That's like the honest truth. I mean, I... You know, I'm very appreciative. I get gifted a lot, but in terms of spending money, I'd rather spend on accessories that I know I'll wear all the time, and you know, I need that quality to last me. But I, when it comes to clothing, you know, I, I do like you know bright colors, and I like to experiment with things. So I just don't find the need to invest unless, again, it's a classic item. So The Verge, Zara. I think Zara's gotten a little pricier lately. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but I love Zara. Forever 21 is always great, but The Verge, I think, is very cool, misguided. Um, I just think the quality of, like, Nasty Gal sort of went down a little bit. Um, I'm always trying to find, you know, what's newer and where quality is still maintained.
1: I love that outfit you wore yesterday on your stories, Uh, the Morgan Stewart knit, like, little outfit you had. Oh, my God. That was so cute. Yes, honey. You look so good. Thank
2: you. So comfortable. Like, truly so cute that that's like my quarantine look it's biker shorts it's like a cardigan or a crop top I'm so over sweatpants like I just I can't
0: (laughs) we can't wear
1: PJs all day (laughs) I have a big booty so I can't wear sweatpants I just look like extra extra booty them.
2: the guys love that well
1: (laughs) my husband's I think he's sick of seeing me in sweatpants it's been sweatpants since like when I was pregnant So, uh, Sydney, to close off, tell me a piece of advice that you have for girls listening out there that want to follow in your footsteps.
2: I just think it's really about being consistent. I think it's so easy for people to start things, but it's not super easy for people to continue them. It's kind of like with this lunchtime series. I saw tons of other people who were doing live start quarantine and they stopped. And, you know, the way that media and any industry works is that absent You know, if you're not present, people forget, right? It leads to absent-minded. So being consistent and, you know, really continuing with something that you start is so important because that's what's impressive. Starting something, okay, that's one thing. But really continuing it and building something and growing, that's what sets you apart. It's the ride. I love it. And, And I really feel that
0: that and plus, you know, the hard work and also just not giving up because I'm sure there was many times where... It wasn't easy and you never gave up.
2: Never. It's not. It's really like not in my DNA. I don't know what it is. I believe that like the hurdles, the challenges, those are what makes you stronger. stronger. And I really, yeah, it's true. It, it Everything's hard work, but it's worth it
0: awesome thank you so much honestly Cindy you are such an inspiration um we really thank you for your time um, and keep killing it um we are so happy that you gave us your time and that you told your story because we know you're gonna totally inspire so many girls out there so thank you so much where can people keep in touch with you where you know where can they is there gonna be a pre-order for the book let us know
2: yeah, thank you. So, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Sydney Sadek. That's where Lunchtime with Sydney lives, and my book Aim High is available now for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or indie bound if you want to support your local uh, small bookstore. And yeah, it'll be shipped out and on everyone's doorsteps on September fifteenth. So, check it out. Aim high, guys. Make Aim sure you high.
0: get started. Thank you so much, Sydney. Thank you <laughs> thank so you much for thank you. having me.
2: Thank you. And keep killing it in the Hamptons. We're, we'll, keep, we'll keep up with you. Yes, girl. I wish I could say it was more exciting than it is. But <laughs> it's beautiful, though. But beautiful. I'm like, the beauty is a false view of what's really going on here. Right. Well, stay safe. And thank you again for your time.
0: Thank you, everyone, for Bye. listening. Bye, everyone. Till next time. You're
1: listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.